Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and joining me to look at potential Rockets draft pick and number one pick on all the NBA this year. Jabari Smith is host of the Locked On Auburn podcast, Zach Blackerby. Great to have you on the show, Zach. And I'm wondering if you're aware how bad Rockets fans want Jabari. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not aware. I'm not aware, but uh, it makes sense. It, it definitely makes sense. He's a fun guy to watch. He's a fun guy to cover. And, you know, normally Auburn folks aren't super excited about basketball-related things this time of year. But over the last few years, we've had some early draft picks, and none of them will go as early as Jabari will in a, in a few weeks. So that's exciting. Even though I don't think you got to convince anybody around Houston about him, I'm just going to start by asking you to give me the pitch on Jabari. And if you feel the same way, that he should be the number one pick. Yeah, I mean, consistently the the best player on the floor. Um, total team first attitude, which I, I think is fun and a little bit rare for a lottery pick. Um, a guy that, you know, was essentially a 40% shooter from three. Uh, and I know he had to do some things and kind of force some things up late in the season because Auburn Auburn's offense kind of fell apart, but extremely lethal um, from beyond the arc. And uh, a guy that wants to play defense, that gets excited about playing defense. The guy can do it all, and he's willing to do it all, and he's willing to put the work in. And one of the hardest working guys um, in in college basketball over the last few seasons. I mean, really, the the questions what uh, what is there not to love about Jabari Smith? The first concern from I think all of the people that have seen him, and and the biggest concern is Jabari's ability to put the ball on the floor and create his own shots. Is that fair? Do you think uh, that's a wrong impression that people have gotten from watching him? And have you seen improvement in that area as the year went along? So I I think the system he played in is bad at that in general. So, I mean, he could be bad at that, but, you know, I, I don't know if we really know the answer. There's not a whole lot of movement with Bruce Pearl offenses. Bruce Pearl, obviously the head coach, for the Tigers and look, he's put guys into the league, but none of these guys were really put in the league because of that. A lot of it was raw ability or just the effort that they put in like a Chuma Okiki was a lottery pick a few years ago. Isaac Okoro, um, Isaac Okoro was what fifth overall a few seasons ago. Like these guys were not drafted due to their, their shooting ability, but more as you know, the potential defenders and just kind of athletic freaks. Jabari's similar to that, but he's a much better shooter. Um, I think that, and then what I would say, if you would ask me what the biggest weakness of his game would be, I don't love it when he puts the ball on the on the floor and attacks the lane. Uh, it seems like every time he tried to do that, we get it at the top of the key and would attack the basket. The ball would either go out of bounds or um, it, it would it would force a turnover or cause a turnover rather. So you know, I, I think that's kind of the weakness. You know, him attacking the rim consistently um and we all seen him you know kind of have these highlight dunks and things like that he had one in the first round in the ncaa tournament against jacksonville state which was electric it may have been the best dunk in the entire tournament but yeah um uh, you know he's capable of that but i don't like him dribbling uh, I, I just don't and auburn fans were kind of um in unison with that yeah i think everybody i think that was watched him that that is the concern and sometimes i feel like when you talk to NBA fans, they're willing to concede that a guy's going to improve on his jump shot. They're not always willing to concede that he can improve on his ball handling. So I feel like, you know, it's something that he might be able to improve on. You mentioned his defense. 
did his center Walker Kessler and that ability that he had to rebound and play defense almost hide maybe what Jabari was capable of in those areas. I mean, Walker might've got more rebounds than um, Jabari, you know, obviously got more rebounds than Jabari and maybe, you know, if he's not around then people are looking at Jabari and like, Oh, what a great defensive guy he is and rebounder as well, as well as what he can do on the offensive end. Yeah. I mean, what Walker Kessler did this season was historic. I mean, transferring from North Carolina because he didn't get a whole lot of playing time to being, I mean, he was crowned the, the Naismith defensive player of the year. And so, um, that was a big part of it. And a lot of Auburn fans really wanted him to come back because they wanted to say, well, hey, you know, if you spend more time here, you know, you can develop as a shooter. And it's like, well, I mean, he, he could do that at the NBA too and make a lot more money. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, the, the two of them worked really well together. I mean, obviously, I mean, they were one of the best units in all of college basketball. It led them to, you know, their first number one ranking in, you know, program history. So, I mean, there was a lot to be excited about the two of those guys playing together. And, I mean, it allowed Auburn to be one of the best defensive teams in all of college basketball, especially in the SEC. And the SEC had a pretty good year as a conference. So um, the two of them were outstanding offensively. I mean, Walker Kessler is not a great offensive player. And I think Jabari had to pick up the slack a little bit as far as, you know, what was going on around the basket offensively, just because there really wasn't a whole lot of other folks who could fill that void. And you saw him get more comfortable over the course of the season, I mean, because you look at the kid and you're like, it's really easy to forget that he's 18. Like, it's really easy to forget about, you know, just, you know, how big and how tall and how much of a pro he already is as an 18-year-old. And so over the course of the season, he got so much more comfortable in that role offensively. And so some of that, um, I think he bailed Walker Kessler out. And then on the defensive side of it, Kessler probably helped Jabari. We're going to get back to Kessler in a second, but you know, the guards, I watched a lot of Auburn games and it was rough to watch the guard play. Uh, how much of that <laughs> just um, really takes away from maybe what Jabari would have been capable of this year because they were taking a lot of bad shots. And I'm like, yeah, you could have just thrown it over to Jabari and, and could have got a much better quality shot. And it seemed like, uh, you know, it, he would have been a guy that I would have force fed more and that would have opened up the game more for them. But they looked at it the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And it got to the point towards the end of the season where folks were just locking down Jabari and it's like, okay, can any of these other guards step up and score? And for the most part, they couldn't. And that ultimately is kind of what locked Auburn up in both tournaments, both with the SEC against Texas A&M and then in the NCAA tournament against um, the Miami Hurricanes. And um, I'm with you. I'm with you. And a lot of Auburn fans were pretty upset about that. A lot of Auburn fans are like, we're wasting Jabari. The, the few games we have left with Jabari, that's kind of dwindling away. Um, but that's that was the move. That was the decision that Coach Pearl had. Um, you never really saw him adapt or change anything. I think a lot of what he does is kind of prepare them, and then that's it. Um, and his inbound plays are really good. He drew up a lot of good stuff to get Jabari the ball there. But that's just kind of what a Bruce Pearl team is. And it's worked, and it also hasn't. And so um, you, you live and die by the three, and Auburn died by it um, through guard play. Yep. Yeah, I felt a lot of the frustration because one of my friends, since I was two years old, she lives in Auburn. She went to Auburn. She's been there okay. for years and years and years. So I would get texts from her, and she knew I was watching the games because I started texting her all the time because I'm, I'm watching every second to, to keep an eye on Jabari. And you know, as I watched the games, um, there was a lot of stuff that I can see either watching the games or watching highlights 
on YouTube, but you cover Jabari day to day. What can you tell us? Because you're at ground zero. What can you tell people about him that maybe they don't know watching games or highlights, you know, from what you've heard about him off the court as a leader, as somebody that were all, all of the stuff that NBA scouts are going to be, you know, they're going to be picking around on. He never let any of the success and any of the press and any of the, you know, the fame go to his head through any part of the season. This is a kid that came in as Auburn's highest recruit ever. And before the season, he's, you know, doing things on video with the walk-ons, making TikToks on video with walk-ons just because he believed in the team aspect of it. I'm doing silly dances and people are like, you know, screen grabbing that. This is the future number one pick. And he's, you know, doing goofy things with, with walk-ons. Um, he's the guy that, you know, he's the first in the gym and, and it's not a cliche thing. I mean, we've all seen the videos where Kobe talks about working out and like, that's what Jabari has been doing, you know, ever since he started playing basketball, this kid um, wants to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And he'll tell you that. And, you know, his dad played in the league. And so ever since Jabari was young and he's talked about this, he, he understands what it takes. And he understands that he is blessed with ridiculous size and natural ability, but he knows that that's not enough. And he's willing to work harder than everyone else. Um, he also understands the, the game of basketball. His basketball IQ is so intelligent. Um, and then you know, the, the, the biggest thing to me with Jabari, though, is, I mean, the kid, I think, is just the, the, the complete package. And there was all this talk about, you know, is it going to be, you know, uh, the kid from Gonzaga or, you know, the guy from Duke, but man, just all in all, you just look at what Jabari did in carrying this team. Um, it was special. It was special. And, and, and he would have loved to do it every step of the way because the guy is, is loyal. The guy is all about his, his teammates and, and the fans that cheered him on. And I don't think he's just saying it to say it. I think he loved it here. And I think he's going to love wherever, uh, whoever gets the opportunity to take him with the number one pick. Yeah, there was a great piece in the ringer that basically you just mimicked that talked about him and it talked about his makeup and he's jumping rope at 530 in the morning in eighth grade and not because somebody was making him, but because he wanted to do it and how he had the janitor open the gym for him before school opened back then and how his father taught him about work ethic and how, you know, he's got a tattoo on his chest that says always humble and ultimately how his dad didn't make him play basketball. It was it was all Jabari, and that's the kind of stuff, Zach, that you can't see, and that's what turns good into great. And I love the quote from Auburn's assistant coach where he said, he's enamored with scouting reports. I love that sort of talk. Yeah, yeah, and, and it comes across that way. And, you know, he understands, like, how to get switches and, and the proper matchup, and once he has it, he'll call for the basketball and shoot over a guy. And, you know, it's, it, it works. Nine times out of ten, it works. And so he understands um, what, what's going on there. I mean, the, the, the crazy thing about Jabari, my, um, my wife is not a sports fan. Um, she married a guy that, that talks sports for a living and talks about it nonstop, 24-7. And I think we work because she's just not interested in anything about it, which is, is great. It's fantastic. <laughs> But, you know, I, I'll be watching, you know, if Auburn's on, on the road or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll be sitting watching uh, the Auburn game and she'll come and sit with me. And uh, I'm like, all right, guess who the NBA player is on the floor? And she's like, okay, she does not watch basketball. And she's like, number 10 seems significantly better than everyone else after watching for about 10 minutes. And I'm like, yep, that's it. And 
if that doesn't pass the litmus test, I, I don't know what does. Well, get, get him here. That's all we got to say. And, and, you know, while I was watching Jabari all year, I, I had become fascinated with Walker Kessler. And as the year yeah. went on and the Nets picked that, uh, that they owed the Rockets got worse and worse in the first round, it was like, well, that's, that's kind of where Kessler's being projected at. We badly need rim protection, Zach. We badly need defense. If you watch the Rockets this year, worst in the NBA. Tell me how you feel about Kessler as an NBA prospect. Yeah, yeah. And so just to be transparent here, I'm I'm a little I'm a little raw when it comes to um predicting how the NBA will see some of these guys. Because in the past I've been like, okay, I think this is gonna be a great guy at the next level. But like Kessler cannot score, I don't think, at an NBA level. Um, and so like, I don't know, do people use a late first round pick on just rim protectors? And, and like, I, I genuinely don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I think it's going to take him a few years um, to, to be able to truly stretch the floor like he wants to. Um, but, you know, as far as defense, I mean, I think he's a guy that can go in right away and, and make an impact on that. Just historic as a rim protector and a shot yeah. blocker, you know, just crazy numbers when you looked at him this year. And then I started to get a little bit scared of him because I was getting all excited. I'm like, oh, look at he's he's blocking shots with both arms. Uh, he he looks really good at finishing around the basket, which is a big thing if you're that tall because right. you don't need somebody that's going to be a back to the basket. I mean, that stuff is long gone. But what started to get me scared about in the last few games is just he didn't look that good in the, in the tur- turn. He didn't look like the, that good in the last couple of games. Then I listened to you guys, and you guys said he was dealing with a shoulder injury. Right. Late in the season. That is that right? Yep. Yep. Last few weeks of the season, he had that. And then, you know, in the tournament game where Auburn lost to Miami, I mean, he played very limited minutes, a lot less than he normally does because like uh, the game before his elbow gashed into a, another Auburn player's tooth. And so like literally knocked two teeth out or broke two teeth out of Jalen Williams's mouth. And so like literally a chunk of tooth was like stuck in his arm, like, um, so he missed some time there. Um, but yeah, he, he wasn't a hundred percent down the stretch and it didn't really impact his defense as much, but you really saw him struggle on the offensive side of the floor, or at least considered, you know, compared to what he normally does. Um, so I'm sure the NBA teams that are interested in him are going to do a million physicals on that shoulder. But, um, I mean, remarkably healthy for a guy that size, I mean, normally the guys that size deal with ankle issues and knee issues and hip and back stuff. Um, shoulder is not on that list. And so that's going to be interesting to see how NBA teams view him. But outside of that, he seems extremely healthy. And, you know, some, sometimes I, watching him with that shoulder brace on, I didn't really notice that much of a difference. Other people pointed out it having a bigger impact than I did. Um, so if you ask somebody else, they'll say, oh, my gosh, yes, his game absolutely changed. I didn't really see it change that much, but he did get less efficient offensively. But also, I, I think his game was trending down offensively before that because I think people realized if you really just beat him up a little bit and push him around and force him to get two or three fouls in the first few minutes, he really becomes significantly less aggressive. And, I mean, Florida was the best at this with Colin Castleton. I mean, Florida was outstanding at kind of pushing Walker Kessler around and kind of making him a little bit more human, coming down to earth a little bit. And so – can the NBA put more weight on him and get him to be more physical? Like probably. And, and, and that'll be fun to see. Yeah. He's got a big frame and concerns me when I hear that you, you can beat him up and he's not fighting back because we, we got a guy on our team. That's I, I sort of put in that category, but you know, Kessler definitely has the frame to 
add something there and maybe that would help. Um, the, the other part about uh, his game is the jumper and you mentioned it. And I noticed as the year went along, he started to use it a little bit more. I don't have a whole lot of confidence though, that that's something that's going to take really quickly because his free throws, they're not good. And usually that's a great way to sort of reference a, a shooter. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the buzz around him when he was transferring to Auburn was, you know, he's this stretch five that can really, you know, shoot threes at 35%. And we just didn't get that. And it got to the point where he'd be all alone at the top of the key and the, you know, opposing team, they're getting ready for the rebound because they're like, yeah, just shoot it. We'll give it to you. And he would miss them. And so that's not a, that's not a good sign, but um, that's the player he wants to be. I don't know, you know, whoever drafts him, if they're going to try to mold him into that or not, I'm not sure, but that's, that's what he wants to be. And that's kind of what he was billed as, you know, in his limited playing time at North Carolina before he came to Auburn. But um, the big thing with Kessler that was, you know, where he took a big step was um, footwork. You know, his footwork around the rim was fantastic. You didn't really see a whole lot of development from, uh, from shooting. He kind of came out of nowhere a little bit, would you say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, it's like overnight he became, and Bruce Pearl labeled him as the best player in the country when he's in the air. And we didn't really get to see him do that a whole lot at North Carolina, but I, I think Coach Pearl was right, especially on the deep, especially on the deep. Um, yeah, so I mean, a little bit, a little bit, because there there were a lot of teams that that weren't interested in him. I mean, Auburn was really, you know, made a point to pursue him early and often. I, I think he had some connections in town as well, which kind of benefited the Tigers in getting his services. But um, yeah, he, I, I think he exceeded all expectation for sure. Off the court, intangibles, work ethic, all that stuff is pretty good with him? Yeah, probably not as dramatic as Jabari. I mean, you're, you're not going to get many folks that work as hard as him. But, um, you know, a, a guy that, you know, just talking with, uh, you know, Albert's point guard, Zepp Jasper, came on my show every week. And he would kind of talk about guys, you know, the, and, and what they would do in practice and, and things like that. And, you know, his teammates have all the respect in the world for Walker Kessler. Um Kind of comes across as a little bit of a goofball, which could be good for locker room chemistry and things like that. People like being around them. Really, kind of um, is able to tune out uh, the crowd, whether it's good or bad. He, you know, he's just kind of focused on the task at hand. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're getting an all-around good basketball player as far as you know everything off the court with Walker Kessler for sure. Auburn has some NFL draft prospects. I might be coming back to you in the next few weeks if the Texans grab one of those guys. Sure. So, yeah, keep that in mind. I also noticed you got the Bo Jackson jersey behind you. I got yeah. a chance to see him uh, back when he played. I was at a game when he played with the Royals, which was one of the thrills of my life. I was out in left field when Bo was out in left field. It's one of my favorite stories. Ricky Henderson was out in left field the same game. Ricky Henderson uh, comes out to left field and one of the fans yells, and this is right after Bo had hit the home run in the All-Star game. He says, hey, Ricky. Bo knows leadoff. Do you know leadoff? And that was the, right after the home run that he hit in the in the in the uh, as leadoff in the All Star game. But also, Ricky had just got caught stealing, so that's why Fan was doing oh, that. Nice, nice. And I got to see him play uh, for the Raiders against the Chiefs on a really cold and freezy and rainy game. And and so, uh, is there? A, do you have any stories of just before I let you go? Is there any stories you have 
of Bo at Auburn or coming back there and, and talking with people or, you know, w- what is it like when he's back there? Yeah. I mean, he's royalty. There's no question about it. My former boss before I, you know, I left the radio industry to come do podcasting full time, um, actually owns a company with, uh, with Bo Jackson. And so he would come by our office a good bit and, you know, I got to meet him a few times and, you know, he's come on my show a few times. So got nothing respect, uh, but respect for Bo. Um, uh, you know, one of the, one of the favorite ones that Auburn fans throw out a bunch is they were doing 40 times for Bo. And, um, I, I don't remember if he was an underclassman, they were doing it for upperclassmen. It feels like a pro day kind of thing. You know, they did things so differently back then, but he was like, he was cold. Like he just had his stuff on and he, um, uh, he, he walks up and they're like, Hey Bo, come run a 40. And like without warming up or anything, he didn't even stop to uh because he was late or something. And so he he runs his 40 time and he didn't even stop to hear what his time was. But it was apparently a four-two with full equipment on without <laughs> warm, uh, without warming up. So um, I mean, just an absolute freak athlete. He grew up in the same town that my dad did, Bessemer, Alabama. It's right outside of Birmingham. And they were uh, they were a few years off in age, but there was all about like and there's this kid a few years younger than us that we would like go and watch him play like little league stuff. And he was just cranking them as, as a kid. And they're like, who is this kid? It ended up being Bo Jackson. But yeah, just uh, crazy stories about him jumping through cars and jumping over vehicles while they were moving and, and things like that. Just literally the best athlete to ever live. Yeah. There's three guys basically in my lifetime that I just can't explain to people that didn't get to see him on a regular basis, just how special and what a privilege it was to just get to watch them. Cause you never knew what was going to happen. And it was Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan. And, and uh, the third guy was, uh, Oh, I just had it on the top of my head and I, I lost it for a second, but the, the first two were solid. The, the, yeah. Those two for sure. Just want to remind my listeners that if you missed our last show on Tuesday, I spoke with Frank from HTX chop shop about the rockets off season. Listen to all our favorite podcast apps or whatever podcast app is your favorite or watch it on our uh, YouTube channel for everything that you need. And Zach, I I, want to leave with just uh, maybe you can tell Rockets fans how they can get in touch with you if they've got any questions about Jabari or Kessler or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And just one more quick, uh, if if we got time for it, one more quick um, Houston-Auburn connection. Our former quarterback, Jarrett Stidham, who's now, you know, the backup to, to Mac Jones up in New England. Right. He married um, he married uh, a girl that he met at Baylor. She was on our um, soccer team. But her dad's like the CEO, I think, of the Rockets. And so there's a there's an Auburn tie there. Auburn quarterback kind of in y'all's uh, CEO's family. So there, there's there's something there. But yeah, all of my stuff is uh, you can be found on social media at Z Blackerby. And uh, yeah, I do a podcast every day called Locked on Auburn, which is uh, available wherever you get your podcast and free on YouTube. And I cover Auburn stuff for Sports Illustrated. And all that is at auburndaily.com. All right. The old man brain just kicked in. And the third guy I was trying to think of, and I, had, I don't know how I forget this because the Astros cap's right behind me, but Nolan Ryan was the other guy that, I mean, I, I, I drove six hours at one point to go watch him pitch one night. So that's what I thought of Nolan Ryan back in the day. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on with me, Zach. And, you know, hope we, hopefully we can do this again. Hopefully Jabari is going to be back here and maybe we'll get, we'll get some Auburn guys in the NFL draft too. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Be happy to come back anytime, man. 
listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.